All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're here today starting a, a new series. We're doing a, uh, we back in January, we actually went and read uh, Kieran Gillen's uh, Darth Vader run, Yep. and we watched the original Star Wars trilogy along with that. Mm-hmm. So today is actually going to be us following up on that. We did say we, we would come back to that to read the Dr. Aphra book, which is what we're here to do today, Yep. Um, and then go through the prequel movies, which we have not done yet. So that's the new task. <laughs> it's a bold endeavor. We're going through both of them in order, apparently. Yep. Um, so that's our plan for today. If it's your first time joining us, usually that's what we'll do is every week we'll uh, read one arc of a comic book, uh, a few issues, usually six, and then compare it to a related uh, movie or TV show adaptation. So if, you, if you're watching to hear us talk about The Phantom Menace, which is what we're also doing today, you can skip ahead if you look at your, uh, usually I put timestamps in the description I would, there. I would imagine that's why most people are here. Oh, of course. I mean, if people are constantly you know, searching Phantom Menace, finding out when new content's coming out. Oh, yeah. People people just want new, fresh takes on The Phantom Menace. Ever since 1998, people have wondered, when are we going to put a podcast out about this? Eight-year-old me would be thrilled to know that i'm actually reviewing this movie officially <laughs> oh god yeah It'd probably be very different opinions yeah i remember i, I uh my mom got me out of uh, school early to go see uh, really? the phantom menace in theaters yeah a special screening because she got it was hard to get tickets because it see, was fucking insane see i yeah. the only time i got to do something like that was uh for lord of the rings so oh, I got mine you. was a little bit of better decision <laughs> I, was in, I was in the sixth grade so i felt like a hot shot oh uh, yeah for uh, sure. paul your parents are here to pick you up that's right bitches i'm leaving school to see the the new star wars that's right Yep. Two hours later, ah, shit. As a kid, it was yeah. It was no, as a kid, I loved it for years. It wasn't until I became a jaded uh, young adult that I came to think otherwise. <laughs> well, yeah, once like yeah, you once know, I had critical thinking movie skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just being like, wow, spinning—that is a neat trick. Yeah, and not to mention the, the like the graphics and CGI, and it did not hold up for any well, sure. amount of time. Uh, I mean, for 1999, it's not the worst thing. It's I've not ever the seen. worst. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, it could be better. Yeah, uh, but that's our plan for uh, for this and then obviously next week we'll be reading more of dr afra and then talking about the uh the um attack of the clones um and then after that uh, revenge of the sith and then uh the third arc in dr afra so that's our plan for this time see i'm more excited for those two because i've definitely out of the three i've seen phantom menace probably the most just because of it's been on like out of either irony or some weird uh, reason phantom, Men- <laughs> phantom menace definitely is the most memorable of the three for better or worse oh yeah well for me it's mainly because of duel of the fates and darth maul it's like because it's still got a great villain that they completely underutilize and wasted yeah and then like they- john williams tried his hardest to save that goddamn movie but just couldn't well that's what i mean is like uh memorable for better or worse but like no matter what this movie was like a thing like, oh yeah it was it was a big it had uh, an impact like I, I i even remember like uh this might just be again me eight years old like this was a very formative movie for me in terms of like my uh like fandom kind of like learning to like things oh yeah like sixth grade blockbuster star wars movie coming out very formative thing for me yeah we were uh, like eight years old so yeah, i remember like time. weird things about this movie like i remember like the little like uh like collecting seven up cans with like little designs of like Darth Maul and shit on them. Oh yeah. Like, I remember sure. little shit like that. It's weird going back and watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, that's our plan. Uh, eventually I think we'll go through the other, I mean, we've done the rest of the star Wars movies. I guess we'll probably go back and eventually and do the new trilogy, but I'm not leaping to do that. Yeah, anytime we could soon, do, but- I mean, I think we talked about it. It'd be kind of hard to do Clone Wars unless yeah. you pick specific arcs but or something. But we could do that. But... I mean, there's nothing stopping us. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good fucking show, so at least we'd have that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could always... Uh, did we do Mandalorian? Uh, No, we have not. I mean, I, I could remember if we talked... Yeah, we could do that, or there's that new... Have you... 
Uh, do you have to finish Clone Wars before you do Bad Batch? Uh, not now, necessarily. No? Not from what I've heard. Well, I know you don't have to, but like, is that what you're it's trying you, to do? That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what I was wondering. So, uh, yeah, because that, that's actually true. Uh, Star Wars adaptation just came out, the yeah. Bad Batch. On, uh, I haven't watched it yet because it does spin out of the Clone Wars show. Yeah. In a way where I think they're trying to get people to jump onto it without having to watch all that. But For sure. It, it's something I'd rather do. I, I'm going to watch it anyway. So. It'd be a better experience. Right. Yeah, that's something I'm doing in my own time. I'm going through and watching the Clone Wars TV show. I'm I'm on season three right now, um, so I'm getting closer. There's seven seasons, I think. Okay. I'm not watching all of it. I'll go back and watch the ones I missed later, but I, there's like guides that you can find. Yeah, I know like, I know. there's some that like you really don't need to yeah, watch. Yeah, there's some in there that are just filler, just for like cartoon Isn't Network. like the whole first season almost throw away? No, I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of good episodes in the first season. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of episodes in there that you can skip, like, oh, Jar Jar's teaming up you know, to <laughs> stop the bad guy. It's like, I'm going to skip this one. But oh, okay. well, all right. <laughs> um, but most of them are pretty good. Okay. Like, it's surprisingly like uh not written just for kids like it's got like like it's one of those shows where you watch it and you're like damn like kids watch this like this seems pretty like mature yeah, yeah like not just like in terms of violence but also like it's all about like the politics of war in like a pretty like nuanced way i'm like this is pretty dope interesting yeah yeah no i've heard good things about it mm-hmm. and- literally my only hesitation that i've ever had to watching it was i wasn't a huge fan of the animation but yeah i think you get I, I know that. it gets better and it does get better yeah, yeah. Um, it, it that's is, something like- i've grown to care less about so i mean it's definitely not something i'm against and one thing i've learned watching it is i i i kind of agree on the animation the animation's not always great but I, the art style is growing on me like the way they design like obi-wan and, and especially count dooku is very stylized yeah i like the art a lot better it's more like the mo- the movement for some reason yeah, when- it looks like I don't know what Especially the word. When it looks like they're run. moving in like water, like well, jello. Yeah, when characters run, it looks really bad. But yeah. <laughs> but for that's sure. besides the point. Yeah, it's it can't be perfect. Right. Uh but yeah, so eventually we'll get to that. Maybe maybe next year. Maybe May will be the Star Wars thing. We'll see. Yeah. Um could be a thing. Because that's kind of why we initially thought to jump in on this was because they on the May 4th, everyone goes crazy, like, you know, talking about Star Wars stuff, and usually there's Star Wars content out and there's sales and stuff. So Yeah, it's a big thing now. Especially yep. especially with Disney. They made they're doing their best to make a big push to yeah. Promote the shit out of that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was able to uh, buy myself Fallen Order while it was on sale. Yeah, uh, that's definitely fourth. worth it. Uh, so I, I will be playing that and trying to to get good. Uh, we're gonna be doing uh, Doctor Afra issues one through six. Uh, like we talked about this, we, if you like, like, like I said before, if you really want to uh, know more about Doctor Afra and really find out what her deal is, definitely go back and read the doc uh, the Doctor Vader, <laughs> the Darth Vader run. Maybe he was a doctor. We Maybe don't we don't know what he got up to after he got that robot body. I'm sure he had downtime. He probably had plenty of time. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the Darth Vader run by Kieran Gillen, same writer who writes this, uh, sets up Dr. Aphra. That's where she's introduced. And those 25 issues of Darth Vader are super important to this and like, oh, yeah. to the rest of it. So definitely go back and read that. Yeah. Uh, we already talked it's about that it. on the podcast, uh, back in January or uh, back in February, something like that. Yeah. Um, pretty recently. Um, so like I said, the creative team for this same writer, Kieran Gillen, uh, takes over writing, the, uh, the main solo, uh, Afro book, uh, new artist, Kev Walker takes over, uh, colors by Antonio Fabella letters by VCs, Joe Caramanga, and, uh, a number of people doing the, uh, the covers. Uh, the first issue actually opens up with a backup, uh, issue as well, uh, with art by, um, uh, Salvador Laraca, who we had for the rest of that Darth Vader run we talked about before. Yeah. So we actually get the original artist who comes back. Um, I think the art is an improvement overall in this run than yeah. what we got so far. Um, we for weren't, sure. We weren't a big fan of Salvador Laraca's uh, Vader stuff. I mean, for the most part, there were issues where it noticeably got better all of a sudden. Oh, definitely. Um, I remember. And like, and like their Afro was always good. Like the way they yep. drew Afro, like that was never the problem. And in this backup issue, I actually am fine with the art. 
because like it's none of the like original Star Wars exactly, characters, yeah. which was the main problem. <laughs> yeah, because when he had to fit certain characters that had like actual real life likeness, like it's definitely harder to right. harder to do. And sadly, we'll run into that again because the yeah. art we're talking about next week I, is. I already saw that from the cover. Yep. <laughs> it was just Luke plastered, looking all weird. <laughs> yep, because the the arc we're talking about next week is called the Screaming Citadel, which Doctor Aphra uh, crosses over with Luke Luke Skywalker mainly, eventually Leia and Han as well. Okay. Um. And so, yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, I think that crossover worked a little bit better than the one we got in the Darth Vader one. Does LaRocca do the art for that Citadel event? For the, those issues. For okay. The, it, like, it's it's an event, so there's multiple artists. Gotcha. Um, okay. But yeah, some of the issues, certainly. There's one really bad panel where uh, Han Solo's been mind-controlled, and he's like in a suit of armor. Uh, oh, God. And they God. very clearly just pasted Harrison Ford's head <laughs> onto a suit of armor. It looks pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, but we'll get there next week. For now, the art's pretty good. Uh, I like it a lot. It's got a very kind of pulpy, uh, like, uh, Indiana Jones feel to it. Yeah, it's real gritty. Um, it opens up with the, the opening. The first couple pages are a great way to open an Afro book, too, just to tell you what kind of character she is. It's just really well played without any dialogue. Oh, yeah. Um, it and just, you don't need, like, any background or context of what's happening. Not it at just all. happens. You don't even need to know Star Wars. You could just read this and instantly know what this character, like, does and what they do and, like, what their personality is and kind of, like, the flips and turns they make. Um, because it starts out with just this masked, like, completely helmeted, like, adventurer just, like, in a tomb. And going into this, even as Afro readers, at first, obviously, you're thinking this is Afro. Like, yeah, that's what she does anyway. Kind of implied, yeah. Yeah, like you she's think. down here, like you know, trying to get some alien technology to bring it up and sell it. Yeah. Um, and like it's this whole like getaway too, where this ancient robot wakes up and like tries to get them as they get away, and it's this whole like escape, like for three pages, like they make a pretty badass getaway. Just realizing now that that dude totally has like an Akira bike. It looks awesome. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it, it looks very close. Yeah. Um, so it's like a pretty badass getaway, which makes it believable that this is our main character. Oh, yeah. Um, and so when they get out, you know, just by the skin of their teeth, they take off their helmet and you realize it's not Afra, it's just some dude. Mm. And all of a sudden he gets shot in the chest and then we see Afra like, thanks for doing my work for me. <laughs> just grabs the thing. She's like, thanks. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So she just kills him and takes and like, thanks for doing my hard work. Yeah. Cleaned and, it up. Uh, goes to sell. Yeah. So like the instantly you're like, okay, like she, you know, is a, a archaeologist, you know, is trying to find things in lost ruins for money, but she doesn't have a code of honor, certainly. Would you, would it, I don't know, what do you think, chaotic neutral or would it be? Uh, chaotic neutral for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause she's not evil. No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. Um, but it starts out with her going to, it kind of reintroduces us to a lot of her supporting cast, like Cursitan, uh, who is her like Wookiee friend, who uh, basically has an agreement with her that she'll help him get revenge on like the people. Basically, Cursitan uh, was uh, a Wookiee uh, who was locked up and like made to fight in an arena. Yeah, be like a gladiator. Right. So he wants he wants like revenge on the people who did that to him. We didn't talk about him a lot in the Vader run because he's there, but he doesn't do a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's much more of a character in this run. Afra's got a cool line where she's explaining like basically that and she's like yeah he he wasn't against being a gladiator he was kind of into that he just doesn't like people controlling him right tell him what to do yeah that's <laughs> yeah. not gonna happen again All right um and it starts out with her kind of uh just this whole first issue is them trying to find like where they can sell this thing because she owes a couple of debts and she's like listen i can pay it i just gotta sell this one object we got and it's gonna make me rich so she goes to bring it basically to this university where she plans to sell it. That's what gives it value is because it has value to this university for history. Yeah. Um, and when she goes to turn it in, uh, they're like, oh, Dr. Afra, your credentials have been denied. You're no longer a doctor. You've been caught cheating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then the twist of the first issue ends up being that it, her dad, who works for this university, has turned her in for... Uh, for basically cheating on her credentials to become a doctor. Yep. Um, and and he's going to use that as leverage to get her to do what he wants, and that's the whole uh, setup of this arc here. 
Yeah, and then the back issue kind of explains like what she had done to, or the, what she got busted for. Yep, because she's uh, done a lot of stuff like this, so it makes sense when we go back and read this. But like in school, she had this professor who like always hated her and like he was a total a dick. Yeah, he was an <laughs> asshole. So like, he had this coming. But what she did was yeah, because he literally like sits her down and is like, yeah, I pretty much got in the way of everything you ever tried to do just because I don't like you. Yep. It's like, oh well, okay, I don't feel so bad about yeah. I might as well now. cheat then, I guess. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> Fuck this uh, dude. so what she does is she like because he shows her like this. this discovery that he's been keeping like it's a secret it's going to be his nobel prize kind of thing this these like old ancient like parasites that uh, yeah he calls them symbiotes yeah exactly they've, they've been known to like take down entire empires basically mm-hmm. and so she finds out about this goes in steals it and then places it like plants it in a ruin and then finds it discovers Cause, it because yeah because her thesis she'd been working on like this ruin she discovered that she thought was a part of like some huge thing but it turned out it wasn't so right. then she's like oh well now it does well, now look what i found yeah, <laughs> yeah look at this shit. and he never told anybody about it so what are you gonna do bitch yeah it's, it's her word yep uh and so and it's funny because one of her friends is even like wow i didn't know there was anything in that ruin i'm gonna dedicate my life yeah. to, to researching this ruin she's just like well good luck <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ, that's cold-blooded. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate my whole life to this. <laughs> like, fun. doesn't even blink. Just like, well, good luck with that. Walks away. So Afra is always, like, she's a fun character to read about because, like, you never really can put a pin on what she's going to do. It's pretty close to, like, a true wild card. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's so fun to read because, like, it's, she's always unpredictable. Every issue goes in a different direction than what I thought she was going to do, and that makes oh, her yeah. such a fun character to read about. Yeah, it's really well-written. Yeah. And so her dad figures out about this, this whole plot, and she he doesn't initially, like, reveal everything about it. Like, he's holding it uh, to a point where he can get her her credentials back, mm-hmm. but he wants her to help him with this, like, crackpot theory that he has about the Jedi, yep. which we'll get into. It's uh, basically this old, old, like, uh, like long before any of the movies, like this Jedi Order uh, known as the Ordru Aspectu. Which, um, this is lore that I was, I, I'm sure this is all made up for the comic, but this idea that Jedi are obsessed with, like, immortality, that's not something I was aware of, but I yeah. believe it, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested, I don't know if you know, um, that, like, is this stuff that Gillen is running with, or is this stuff from, like, the books and shit? It, like it very, deep, very, deep very well could be, because there's a lot of stuff in here that is deep cut lore references. Okay. Like, Kieran Gillen has a lot of that in here, where it's, like, deep cut to, like, some extended lore that yeah. he's just building on. But gotcha. it could also be something new, who knows? Yeah. Um, because you know, they toss around the, the term orthodox Jedi too later, and I think that's a thing I've heard before. Yeah, because I mean, I, I know there's there's a fuckload of Star Wars lore that I'll God, ne- yeah. we'll never there's be able to scratch for the surface decades, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, the Jedi are like an ancient, ancient fucking thing. So it could also be like maybe there's uh, their ideals have changed over the thousands of years. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe for like a thousand years they were obsessed with immortality, and now they're not anymore. Yeah. Like it could also be that. Mm-hmm. And then they became more gradually like peacekeepers and then generals, and you know, it evolved over time. Yeah, because it's basically a religion. Yeah, so like it's def- it's not gonna have the same face. Yeah, like like a, like, a, like a monk order basically. Yeah. yeah, there's gonna be sex that always break off. Yeah, and so he describes like this Ordu Espectu, basically this uh, these this group of Jedi who lived on this asteroid fortress who had mastered the uh, or figured out how to become immortal. They figured it out, but then they were wiped out. Um, and there's a couple stories about how it happened. They even like show us the different kind of takes on the story. I really like the second issue where it's it's basically the different interpretations of how like these events played out, and it's kind of a cool different like uh, perspective. Yeah, each time. showing us that was a good idea. And not yeah. only that, but it's also like it's played out the first time almost like a fact. Like we don't even consider that he's playing off his biases when he's describing oh, yeah. it. 
Yeah, like, just this like, dude's serious. Like, look at his outfit. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to believe what he's saying. And usually when you see a flashback, it's legit. Like, that's just what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. But then we see, like, he's describing this epic battle of the Jedi and, like, them being taken over. Them looking all noble and righteous. Right. And then Aphra's like, well, it could have easily gone a different way. And then it's just, like, this much more cynical take of, like, the Jedi, you know, massacring kids to get, like, the yeah, like, science no that they measures. want. No half Right, exactly. So it's like, it could. we don't know for sure what happened. It's, like, his word against hers. Yeah. He's tracked down a location where he thinks, like, he can find a lead on where to find this orgy aspect to that's why he's finally called after in now yeah um because she's the one you call when like you need to go find (laughs) something in the field she's gonna be a lot better at that than he is um and he's like oh well don't worry like i i know where to find it i'll tell you when we get there because at at first their first interaction is fucking hilarious because she has no love for her father very clearly yeah yeah. the first thing she does is tell her droid to torture him (laughs) (laughs) he's like Go ahead and uh, and torture him. Just it's, you know, who cares? And he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad those droids are still around. BT and uh, I can't remember his other name. Triple uh, Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah, they were great in the Darth Vader run. Too. Oh, they play a really big role in this run. If you keep reading it, like a fucking, it definitely seems. That I was way. so happy that they had that role in this run. They, they they're nice. really good characters. In That's this. awesome. Um, but yeah, she's like, "Go ahead and torture him. Who cares?" And he's like, "Wait, well, what? <laughs> You're not that evil, are you?" And she's like. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would you know? And then the last second, like, you can, it's almost like a genuine decision at the last second. She's like, oh, fine, don't torture him. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna make more problems. <laughs> Um, but he's like, yeah, don't worry. I, I can track it down to this like remote moon. Uh, like no one's gonna find it there. And when we find out, like the moon that he's going to is Yavin Four. Like he's not caught up on current events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who aren't <laughs> Star Wars nerds, Yavin Four is the base from the first Star Wars movie where like the Death Star was outside of it. Okay. Um, that's where they had that that rebel base where they launched the ships to go destroy the Death Star. Where they had that big ceremony uh, where right, they gave right. out the medals and Chewbacca yep. didn't get one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got snubbed. Yeah. So that, that's Yavin 4 and like all those big temples. Yep. Um, and that, so when they fly in there, um, immediately Afra, knowing more about current events, is like, uh, we shouldn't be here. There's going to be a huge empire presence here because they just took out a rebel base here like yep. weeks ago. Yeah, they show up and lo and behold. Yeah, and there's like uh, stormtroopers and like ATSTs like everywhere because they literally just took down a rebel base here, the one that destroyed the Death Star. So they're just pouring over it for stuff. Yep. Um, they're able to get in by basically uh, Cursitan just makes a one man army uh, and just starts creating distractions and just like guerrilla warfare and just fucking with shit and creating explosions. Yeah, he's uh, he's very <clears throat> adept in battle. He's very capable. Oh yeah. Um, and like every once in a while, like we don't see it; it just happens off screen, which makes it way better. Oh like, yeah. Like it'll just be like, <laughs> I wonder what Cursitan's doing. I wonder if he's okay. And it's just him holding like an ATAT's like railgun. Like, <laughs> yeah. It'll just be a couple of, like panels of just him like doing like crazy stuff. Oh yeah. And then just cuts back like something else. Oh no, it's really fun. This whole book is just has a really good pace. Oh yeah. Uh, but guarding this base is another character who will come up quite a bit in this run, uh, Captain Tolvin, who might be from the Clone Wars show. I could be wrong. I think they're a character. I think they're. A I was thing. gonna say it looks like a character I've seen before, yeah. but I can't. I don't know if I sure. think this might be an established character. But again, I could be wrong. Gotcha. Um, but for the purposes of this book, it's it's pretty simple. She is a uh, like a captain in the Imperial Army. Um, she has kind of like a metal kind of like attachment to her head. Uh, that's kind of like her no- big noticeable like design feature. I don't know if that's cosmetic or if it's like part of like something her backstory or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it might have been like a battle wound. Could be. But yeah, it's, it starts out with them trying to break into this like Jedi temple, and uh, it's pretty cool because once they get in, they have like these crystals that he's collected over time, like these super rare Jedi crystals. And when you activate them in this temple, like the, uh, it actually lights up at like a beacon. 
Um, yeah, if it's one thing, <laughs> if one thing Jedi knows, it's going to be crystals. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, lights it up like a beacon, which is a problem because they're trying to like. The whole plan was that no one would know they were there and they could just leave. Yeah. But the second the sun shines down on all six temples and it's like, doom, 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 it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, something just happened. Yeah, it's going to be noticeable. Yeah. And uh, it's a cool moment for her dad, too, because like all of a sudden, like, this is the proof he needed. Like, I think that there's even a little part of him that was unsure that he was on the right track. Oh, yeah. Because it's one of those we it's see been this. It's been a long time. Yeah, we see this in other stories, too, where it's like, I'm going to find it, the Holy Grail. Like, I've been searching for so long. It's like, you're never going to find it, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Jonia. Yeah. I'll find it. I've been right the whole time. <laughs> uh, but that's what happens here. He was right the whole time. Uh, and now they have what they need to go find the Ordre Aspectu, but obviously the Imperials saw what was going on, so they like an AT-AT walks right up to them and just like... Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tolvin comes up to them, and she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, uh, we're lost? <laughs> yeah, her face is great. Yeah, the art on the, and that is really good, like for comedic effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Kersitan, again being clutch, is able to just fly the ship in, just... and then like rescue them as they jump off and fly away. Yeah, they um, pull like, the Qui-Gon Jinn and Phantom Menace. Right. It is a little strange that the AT-AT couldn't stop that at all. <laughs> yeah, you could have taken a shot. Hey man, it's a stormtrooper piloting it, so I have no questions. Yeah, you can't, you can't trust that accuracy. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so they're able to kind of find where to find this temple, and at the end of this issue, they do. It's like this old, decrepit kind of ruin on top of an asteroid. And worse than that, the Imperials also are able to find the location based on what they left there. Yeah. Um. So they, they're going to have people hot on their trail. It's a very, like, uh, uncharted kind of uh, story set up here where it's like, we got to find the treasure. Oh, no, the bad guys are right on our tail. Yeah. It's a gonna, fun setup. They're going to be there works. the whole time, but right. yeah, we'll deal with it. Because it's, it's a good way to kind of put the, the gas on them when they're in, in an area where they can't really spend too much time because there's probably too much important stuff to find here. Yeah. Um, and so you it, don't know how the hell you're going to get out. Exactly. So kinda, <laughs> I like that it kind of puts the pressure on them. Like, oh, you're in this unknown, like, place where anything could happen. Ooh, now here's stormtroopers. Deal with that, too. Yep. Um, and so and Captain Tolvin, she's uh, like on has a lot of pressure on her, too, because if she can't track this down, if she loses this, like she's going to, she's fucked. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, we know what happens to Imperial commanders when they don't do their job. They get force choked by Anakin. <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't want that treatment. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so she's, she, we see her like in the, in the last issue sailing right into the Citadel of Rur, which is this like ancient kind of Jedi temple. There's even like lightsabers all over that they just see like just, that they could just loot. Yeah. And after starts picking them up and her dad gets all pissed. Like, <laughs> You're grave robbing. What? These are worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what do you think I did for a living? <laughs> and th- what we find here is I think I, it seems like neither her dad or her stories were entirely accurate, but I think Afro was a little close. Closer. Yeah. Um, because the Jedi that we see here were certainly not uh, entirely good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they definitely had some <laughs> ambiguous, serious problems. Um, because w- what we run into is basically the immortality that they had created was basically... AI. It's basically all it was. Yeah, it's transhumanism, like putting your, your consciousness in a robot. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, I mean, at this point in the Star Wars universe, like it seems like that happened a long time ago, or maybe that was like groundbreaking. But oh, yeah. That's not that groundbreaking anymore. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> to be able, like, it seems like that happens in Star Wars a lot. I was going to say. Or at least like, adjacent. Like, it's not that insane. Like, I'm, as uh, Maybe at least like commercially, because le- it wasn't like you know Jedi or Sith sure, control. Yeah. So that's a little more volatile. But what does make it valuable is now you have an ancient Jedi soul yeah. like that you could just take with you, potentially. Yeah. Um, the problem is that he also can control all machines, so he's able to like animate everything in the facility to attack them. Yeah, it's kind of a cool idea. It's like combining the force and like technology. It is a cool idea. Yeah, because yeah, they always say that the droids are like not for- like connected to the force at all, but this yep. seems to like 
bend that line a little bit in a cool way. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a couple parts in here, too, where, like, you do kind of get the sense that maybe Afra like, has some kind of connection to, like, her father that she doesn't want to let go of. But then there's always that line at the end where it's like, like, you might mean something to me, but I also wouldn't hesitate to shoot you in the back if it meant, like, you know, it got me what I wanted. And yeah. Like, I don't believe you. And she's like, you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's like it's interesting to read about because, like, you, it's hard to place what where the truth is on that because she's done ruthless shit before. So, like, you do believe it initially. And, like, she did almost have him tortured. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's also. She at least thought about it. Yeah. There's a gray line there, which I think is interesting. I think they have a cool dynamic. Yeah, for sure. And she's even, like, right when they're about to put in the crystal, that's a good line. Like, are you sure you want to know that badly? Like, what happened? And he doesn't even answer. He's like, click. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think this whole arc is pretty interesting. Like, the, the Ordru aspect to stuff is, is fine. Like, it's it's interesting enough to kind of go find this, like, lost ruin. But yeah. the stuff that works really well is just, like, Afra playing off her supporting cast, especially her dad in this arc. Yeah. But later on in the run, we'll talk about, like, her playing off, like, the droids and Kersatan and, like, some of the other new characters who pop up, Captain Tolvin especially. Right, right. Because right. um, they kind of set up a thing between her and Captain Tolvin where, like, they actually capture her alive yep. um, at the end. Like, when the whole base blows up, they actually... Like, they they got to use her ship to get out. Because yeah. Kersatan actually ends up dipping with Triple uh, Zero and BT. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like, man, this is not worth it. We got to get out of here. Peace. <laughs> I liked that moment because it was very believable. Oh, yeah. And Triple Zero's like, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, he said uh, if you make it out of there, like, uh, like good luck, but you also still owe him money. <laughs> it's like, you're an asshole. Yeah, I like it because it's not like... Uh, there's a lot of times where it's written, like, we're the supporting cast we support you no matter what and it's, yeah. almost, it's like not believable because they don't have that relationship yeah it's a no honor among thieves type of deal exactly yeah, yeah. so like sure they're they're teammates and they have cool moments together all the time but if it's life or death kersatan's looking out for his own ass which oh yeah it's what we thought the whole time so it's very in character definitely yeah no <laughs> so, it, it's a funny moment yeah i like that a lot and so then yeah her and captain tolvin have to escape together it's one of those moments where it's like the whole base is coming down and then she's like fuck it we'll deal with this later yeah tolvin's like all right we can maybe get the other stormtroopers no let's just go fuck <laughs> Expendable. And uh, and she mentions to her at the end, uh, she's like, um, it would be smarter to kill you. Like, we should just do that. But I think you're cute. Yeah. You can go. <laughs> and Tolvin's just like, what? Yeah, it really catches her off guard. Yeah, like, uh, not what? <laughs> yeah, later on, her dad just like, you have horrible taste in women. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, that's why it comes. They're setting up for like her being a supporting character as this goes on. It's a, it's a pretty good dynamic. Yeah, because I noticed too earlier on, like after... Um, they like break into the the initial temple where they get the coordinates. When Tolvin's reporting to her commanding officer, he asks her like if there's any like details or anything important she wants to report, and it's just like a shot of her face, and she's like nothing important. Yeah, so, like she like doesn't sell out Afro immediately. Right. So there's something there. Yep. Oh yeah. For uh, sure. At first, you probably think at least when I first read it, like when it, when you, she first says it, it's probably just like oh I don't want to report it. Yeah, because she doesn't want to. Yeah, it could be a fuck up. Right. But now uh, with this added, then you're like oh yeah, yeah. maybe she likes her. <laughs> there's a flame. <laughs> Uh, and then the the twist at the end of this arc too is she um she goes to her dad and she's like here take this crystal it's not like we want to make sure this is locked away this is ancient knowledge we need to make sure this is treated carefully and yeah he's like I'm proud of you like that's what I think we should do too <laughs> yeah and they go to lock it up in one like a, one of those endless cases yeah it's like an Indiana Jones type right. of deal one of the boxes in an endless warehouse yeah, yeah, yeah. like that kind of thing um and then at the end of course like. Wait, was that after being honorable? No, nope. Uh, she it was a, a fake that she gave him, and then she goes to her crew and she's like, "Don't worry, Cursed Tam, we'll have our money. I have this. And we're gonna make a score." Yeah. She has the real one with her. How much do you think an immortal uh, soul of a Jedi trapped in a crystal is worth? <laughs> yeah, I love that ending where it's like, 
bitch, no, I'm selling this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, gave him the old switcheroo. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that that will play into the uh, the next couple arcs as well. Her trying to sell this Jedi crystal. Um, I think the uh, the next arc that we have is the Screaming Citadel, which is. For lack of a better word, a team-up between her and Luke Skywalker, but it's more of an Afra story than it is a story about them. Luke is just kind of there. Okay. Um, and like just kind of does things. It's very much an Afra story, which is why I think it I, works better than the other crossover. They give you the the like the like YouTube cover, or the, uh, like the, the, click, oh, like the, the, thumbnail? the clickbait, clickbait thumbnail, thumbnail, yeah, yeah, yeah where it's like, like Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker and Afra on the cover, just like, oh, ready to battle. Yeah, it's like, kind <laughs> of like, that. I'm sure not. we'll get like a page of that. Yeah, it's kind of that, <laughs> not really. It's mainly just Afra like, making Luke feel like a dumbass, <laughs> which is really great. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Luke, like, standing up for himself against Savage, just be like, hey, like, the, like cut it out, you're being mean. Oh, no, she, like, runs circles around him, and <laughs> she's trying to, like, fool him. It's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get to that next week. I think that's a really fun arc. Um, it'll be a mixture of Dr. Afra, Star Wars, and then the issues that are called the Screaming Citadel. It'll be, like, eight or nine issues. Yeah, because on Marvel, when you're reading the Dr. Afro, like, it goes from issue six to seven, but then that seventh part issue three, is yeah. part three of that run. So yeah, you, gotta re- yeah, you gotta read, like, uh, alternating Screaming Citadel, then Star Wars, yeah. then Afra, then alternating, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what we'll talk about next week uh, as we continue this book. I-, I am fucking loving all of this run. Like, I'm on issue, like, 18 or 19 right now on my oh, own nice. read of this, and it. I, dis- I-, I hope it... I know it ends. Like, unfortunately, it already ended, but it's, oh, okay. a, it's, like, easily one of the best pieces of Star Wars content I've, like, consumed, for yeah. lack of a better word. It's, like, one of the best, like, it's... I, ho- I hope this character like is becomes like a Star Wars staple because it's like Doctor Aphra is already one of my favorite Star Wars characters overall. I was gonna say because like Star Wars as a whole, like that just the universe is like really rich for creating a character or, like stories like this. Like and yeah, obviously it'd be ideal if it wasn't in Disney's hands. But I mean, there's still room where you can like obviously with Doctor Aphra, like you could still work like something great from that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it I like that this exists. It's it's a really good thing to. Uh, if they could just capitalize it uh, elsewhere to make it more popular so we could keep getting Afro books. For sure, yeah. Because right now, Afro has a mini going on, or I think even that was canceled. I'm just getting it on Marvel Unlimited now. Yeah, it's kind of bad timing uh, in the past year for that, but yeah. That's fair, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be great if she kept getting comics and got more stuff. That'd be awesome. Yeah, hopefully uh, that continues. But uh, until then, we still have, uh, I think this run went for uh, quite a bit. I think it's, let me look here real quick. Uh, 40 issues for this run okay. at least. And then That's- there's... There's a six-issue mini that came after that, but I think that's it. Okay. Um, but I'm excited to see where the rest of this goes. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Screaming Citadel. Uh, until then, we do have to talk about the Phantom Menace, which is up next for the adaptation we were talking about this week. Yep. Uh, we That was actually the movie that we decided to watch on May 4th. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we did it right. Uh, celebrate Star Wars one other way than with some pod racing. Let's watch the best one. Yep. So we're going back through the prequels. Like I said, this is going to be a trip for me because uh, I've kind of rewatched this one, not in full like we just did. Bits but, and pieces, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The other two I uh, are very, very, I don't remember a lot, large bits of them, so it's going to be interesting to go back and revisit these. For sure, yeah. The next two will definitely be way yeah. like more, uh, like less fresh to me. Yeah, like I mentioned, this was a very formative movie for me, like growing up. So, like, it's uh, seeing like the different like ships and like knowing that I had like the toys of them is oh, a very yeah. weird flashback thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. A very weird, like, subconscious, like, uh, nostalgic thing where I'm like, is this movie good or do I just remember those toys? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the marketing was great. Hey, man, when I was a kid, pod racing was the shit. Oh, absolutely. I'm eight years old. I can pod race. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, when, yeah, at that age, pod racing is like the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah. And, like, 
Uh, had the cool N64 game, which I just noticed you can get on Steam. Oh, wait. Might be time for some pod racing. I remember <laughs> I, that game very vividly. It's either Steam or Xbox. It's probably on both, but yeah. I remember every course in that game. I was very good. It's definitely got to hold up. There's no way it doesn't. <laughs> no, there's no way. An old racing game that was just designed off based off a movie, there's no way. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think rewatching this movie, the things that stick out to me the most is... I think what this movie was trying to be was it's kind of like be, trying to be clever with like how did the republic become the empire like this this movie it's kind of what the whole prequel trilogy is about but this one in particular feels like that yeah because it's like the whole movie is about this really kind of like political insider plot of like Naboo being controlled by the trade federation yeah because the the chancellor to be is scheming to use his like his former home planet Naboo to scheme all this shit to become the chancellor to eventually turn it into <laughs> the separatists to build droid army so he can eventually go to the clones and turn them evil too it's like so much shit it's so convoluted <laughs> and like it's literally the most like pinpoint plan where like if one thing goes slightly the opposite way or like just hinges slightly it's mm-hmm. completely fucked but yeah obviously it pans out yeah so like, basically the plot is about a false flag attack started by Palpatine yeah where he basically tells people to go attack Naboo so that way the Naboo queen will come to them and be like hey we need help from the uh, the senate yeah and then he could be like well I'd love to help but I'm I'm not in charge. Maybe make me in charge. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. Let's make you in charge. Yeah. I'm sure you won't become an evil Dark Lord of the Sith. Let's do it. <laughs> and it'll be, you know, easy as pie to get you the head of this freaking Senate. Right. Just it- out of like a just random vote. Yeah, they, it's basically like a like a twenty fifth amendment kind of thing where yeah. it's like they vote them out based on like uh, not being mentally capable. Yeah, um, which is what like they basically call it to a vote. All of the Senate is pissed off at them anyway. Is what we're told. Yep. Um. But that's what's weird breaking down this movie is you talk about the plot and it has nothing. You never talk about the characters. It's no. all literally about the plot of Naboo and the Senate. It's like, that's what this whole movie was about? That's so weird. Yeah, it's like two thirds of it is that. And then the other third is Qui-Gon Jinn like betting or hinging the entire like success of everything on a kid winning a <laughs> there's deathly a l- like There's a lot of Qui-Gon Jinn gambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the rewatch of this movie, Qui-Gon Jinn had a major gambling problem. Because yeah. <laughs> it's weird because... That is the central plot, all this political stuff, but that's not what we're watching. No, no. What we're watching is Qui-Gon Jinn rescuing the princess from her planet, which doesn't... I mean, she ends up going back, learning nothing anyway, so we could have yeah. just stayed there. Yep. But <laughs> she it's her rescuing them, which, okay, we have a little Jedi rescue, cool, open her to a movie. But mm-hmm. then it just basically becomes them fucking about until they can fix the ship. Yep. And then they go back to Coruscant, find out, oh, this didn't help, and then they go back to Naboo. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, really, the only part of the plot that matters is... Wait, does any of the part of the plot matter? I mean... Because the whole thing in the end is Palpatine won anyway. It was a win-win scenario for Oh, him. absolutely. It's, it's basically all they achieved <laughs> Those was scenes that- Those Coruscant are really all that mattered. They found Anna, <laughs> They found Darth Vader. That was it. They, they fucked Darth around. Darth Maul, you mean? Or, no, I mean they well, did, and they, oh, they found They Anakin. did find Darth yeah. Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, they found Darth Maul, and they immediately threw him away. Yeah. <laughs> It's, oh man. It's like it's weird cuz this whole movie didn't need to happen at all. No. You could have easily started at the Clone Wars and everything would have been fine. Oh, absolutely. Cuz like Palpatine starting out as the Chancellor makes sense like fine why like, not i don't need to know how he became the chancellor that's so <laughs> yeah. convoluted and i don't care exactly like a change from him being like the head of the senate to like uh, a sith lord like that's a big contrast like i don't need the steps of him becoming the head yeah of the that's senate. like extended like, universe context that you add yeah. in with like an episode of the clone wars or something where it's yep. like this is how he did it cool. yeah <laughs> great i don't need to see that in my movie that was only two hours long and like that's one of the big 
that's that's the whole movie. It's what the whole movie is fucking about. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's either the movie's about that or you decide that the movie's all about young Anakin, which you could argue yeah. that's what it's about too. Yeah. Granted, he in- is introduced halfway through the movie, and by the end, it makes no character progression. No. So it, not really. It's just him kind of fucking about, and then winning a race, and somehow successfully blowing up a freaking like uh. Yeah. droid like battle station <laughs> that's just stupid that whole part is i forgot how ludicrous that was oh, but go- it is insane it was, it was, <laughs> they wanted it to make it they they should have gone balls to the wall if they wanted it to be that it should have because what they did was stupid because we know anakin is like a capable pilot yeah when he's in the pod race he's like not bumbling his way through it yeah he's legitimately doing he's like, like a skilled, me- he's like a hardcore mechanic yeah he's making skilled like he gets out the magnet wrench to like repair his ship like he makes skilled yeah. decisions as Fuck a pit pilot stops he can do it while he's driving yeah like yeah, using like- the force and shit like just making like smart decisions yeah but then at the end they decide well, well he couldn't do that he's a little kid maybe he maybe he Blows up the facility by accident. Yeah, we'll That's autopilot stupid. him to the station and then kind of have him spin around while shooting the gun and then fly to where the main generator is. He literally accidentally that, blows up yeah, the generator. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? It would have been like it would have been ridiculous, but more of a character building moment and maybe cooler, more cool for the kids certainly. Oh yeah, to have Anakin just be like, "I got this." I like I'm just and just to have be an ace eight year old pilot. It's ridiculous, but also we're told he uses the force better than anyone else. I'll go with it. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, and most of that's probably George Lucas, you know, being not grandiose, but like, I guess, and not childish either. I don't even know what the word is, but like, he just takes things a lot less seriously when he has full control of a Star yeah, Wars movie, and it, it just comes it. It, it like teeters a line of like campy, but like it, and I know it's mainly get not mainly geared towards kids, but partially. Well, that's the thing is it is geared towards kids. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's complaints are a little bit unfair for that reason because it's a thing made kind of for kids sometimes for like a lot of times for adults adults yeah, yeah. get enjoyment out of it but i mean the stuff that's made for kids is always going to be there oh yeah but because the problem, they, you got to sell toys right so like yeah but the problem lies when it's like a movie like phantom menace especially where it's like i don't think the kids or the adults were getting what they wanted because no. the kids are watching a political plot that even the adults are bored <laughs> by yeah exactly like when i was a kid i didn't understand the plot at all no 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 I, all i understood was i was like that dude's mad at that girl <laughs> and something else droids are attacking that sounds bad uh, get, get the the princess out of there that sounds right yeah, yeah. Uh, oh now we're on tatooine i remember this yeah oh, anakin i remember this now i'm back on board <laughs> this oh, is pod racing i don't understand this coruscant stuff this is weird uh oh darth maul lightsaber fight i'm back on board oh yeah awesome music <laughs> as Here a we kid go. those are the only parts that mattered the, i honestly forgot that they went to coruscant in this movie yeah because i think when that happened when i saw this as an eight-year-old i just was like i don't understand <laughs> no nope, yeah i just checked out <laughs> wait what's this they have a, a vote of no confidence the senate <laughs> he's the second chancellor i don't know what the first chancellor is <laughs> no seriously though so it's, it's in a weird spot where it's made for kids but also not made for kids yeah it's it's, it's a just rough like they line. pick and choose in weird spots yeah the other movies do a better job of balancing it where it's like clearly meant a little more for kids like they kind of the politics stuff is still there especially in clone wars or yeah. in attack of the clones but yep it's very evident in this movie just because this movie doesn't really have a lead character to follow. Yeah. Like, and there's no character development for anybody. Nope. Like, Qui-Gon Jinn, he ends up right where he left off. Like, he doesn't change throughout the movie at all. Yeah, and, it, like, his biggest gamble was, like, convincing Obi-Wan to train Anakin, and obviously we know that was a fuck-up, so yeah. it's like he was just kind of a fuck-up. <laughs> but that's not even really <laughs> plot development. I guess, like, 
Oh no, it's just, yeah. it's just him making the same mistakes, like yeah. gambling incessantly. And like Anakin does not have development, like we said, he ends up in the same place he started. I mean, I guess yeah. logistically he's in a different spot, but character-wise, being he's the same person by a weird queen. Yeah, that's just <laughs> problematic. I don't know why they decided to make Anakin a kid when Padme was clearly like a ruling queen in this, and She's then have them later decide to get together. Obviously, it's fucking basically horrible. an adult. It's so oh, fucking it's weird. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I mean I don't know I don't know that child actor what he went on to do really, but like obviously oh, child got, actors are really never gonna be good. Yeah, so no. like you could have avoided that issue and it's Yeah, it, why, they should have just Lucas? if they if they really were set on making this movie and having it be mostly what it is, they could have avoided a lot of problems and a lot of people's complaints by making Anakin just like a young ad- adult. Yeah. And and then not only would it made that whole stuff way less fucking problematic, it would have made like mainly people's complaints with this movie when you go back and just look at the broad complaints are holy shit Jar Jar's annoying. <laughs> holy shit Kid Anakin's annoying. Those are yep. the two big ones. Like outside of that people's complaints are mostly just valid other stuff that could have easily been fixed through editing. Oh yeah. But the absolutely. two big problems are that. And you could have gotten rid of one of those by just having Hayden Christensen play the actor from the beginning. Yeah. And none of the plot has to change. He could still be working for Watto, uh, and it would be fine. Like they already yell at him for training a kid that's too old. Yeah, it's now you're doing it. He's <laughs> yeah. a little bit older. Yeah, Who literally cares? don't have to change that at all. <laughs> nope, it's all the same. <laughs> so yeah, this movie had a lot of problems that could have easily been fixed, um, and it didn't need to exist. It just didn't. There was no point to it. No, um, not at all. No, I mean, yeah, it's kind of it's really dumb. And the one of the biggest problems that I noticed on the rewatch is why isn't Obi Wan Kenobi in this movie more? Yeah, he's literally. I think he I has about. I remember him like, being in so little of it. I think he has about five or six <clears throat> speaking lines. Yeah, because he's not in any of the Tatooine stuff. He just nope. stays on the he ship. Stayed, yeah, he fucks off he, on the ship. He's just got his feet on the desk, just chilling. That he whole makes time. a couple, or Qui Gon calls him a couple times. Yeah. And then they are just like, all right, checking in. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, he literally. Oh, he has mitochlorians and it's insane levels. Which like, he doesn't even, even have, like, that. development or anything. Like, no. He, like he he's just there. Like, he's like, Obi Wan Kenobi. You know that name, don't you? I mean, really, the only development. Is like him not really doing anything, and then Qui Gon recommends him to become like a real Jedi, and then Qui Gon dies, and he gets all mad, and then kills Darth Maul. That's his progression, I guess. <laughs> Which isn't a lot, but I mean, and it's all in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's totally in the like the best part of the movie, right? But yeah, that's where I mean, I I, I was really wanted to go in this with just like an evaluative eye and be like, where did this fail? And I think that's really what it is. It's a bad script. Oh yeah, that's really the problem. And then just like casting was a mistake. Yeah, um, <laughs> because Kid Anakin, nah, you should have extended that early. Yeah. Um. Although I will say, yeah, Qui Gon Jinn is obviously still a treasure. And Liam Neeson playing. Oh sure, Liam Neeson will slay any role you give him. Just not gonna like Qui Gon yeah, Jinn. He'll, he'll never miss. Because that's the thing. Qui Gon Jinn's not really an interesting character, but the, he the, makes him one. The yeah. only interesting thing about him is that he kind of like. Talks to the Jedi Council like you know, like he doesn't care what they think. He's got he kind of has like rogue Jedi kind of feels for sure. Yeah, like he's got like, and that's all about how he's played. Like yeah, that's he's, all... he's very much a rebel. Like he's like, oh, screw the rules. Like we need to do what's right. Right. So like he's got some interesting stuff there that's never really hammered home because throughout the movie he's always making decisions that make him seem not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very questionable decisions. Right. So it's not really backing up the tone that I get from him, but quite that's a testament to Liam Neeson. He's like making me like this character. Totally he's doing all things I shouldn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm questioning him the whole way, but I'm laughing the whole time and having a good time. <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn, I remember him being a great dude. Didn't, <laughs> didn't he, like, gamble on a kid's life? Like, he could have easily blown up in that pod race. It worked out. Who knows? Uh, he he, had, he was at a good intention. Did you hear his voice? Oh, he's so dreamy. Right? <laughs> Listen to that accent. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah. So, hopefully, um, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it's... Cause I remember if you would have asked me before doing any of these rewatches which the worst of the three was, I would have probably said Attack of the Clones. Really? But I don't know how it's not this after rewatching this. Could Attack of the Clones be worse than this? I don't remember. 
I mean, Phantom Menace did have Darth Maul and uh, Duel of the Fates. Maybe so. Attack of the Clones just had more toys that I liked. Is that what, what I base my nostalgic opinions of the past on? Possibly, but <laughs> Phantom Menace... I, or maybe it was the, the Battlefront games. Maybe that's why I think they're good. Maybe, yeah. I'll have to find out. <laughs> maybe I'll rewatch it and I'll be like, Watt Tambor? He was a great character. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. I don't think so, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a mystery. But I guess we'll find out. Next week, uh, we're going to be reading The Screaming Citadel, the next part in Dr. Aphra, the comic book, uh, tying over with the uh, the Star Wars book. I think that's around like Star Wars number 33 or something in there. Okay. Um, and then we'll be watching, like we just talked about, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the second movie. Oh, yes. Uh, we'll actually get some, uh, some Obi-Wan Kenobi in that movie, which I'm excited for, because he's maybe my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah, he's top, top up there in the top for me. I don't know if I'd say great. number one, but yeah, he's, he's pretty the, top. He's pretty great. Oh yeah. Um, but that's so. Oh, when that Kenobi show comes out, we'll be, we'll be coming back to Star Wars. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm very excited for that. For sure, yeah. So hopefully that comes out soon. Yeah, not to cross my fingers, but yeah, I'm we'll praying. See. Um, because I, I I think it was one of those COVID filming shows, it was, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like in the same boat as The Witcher, where it's like it comes out when it comes out. We'll we'll find out. I'm pretty sure The Witcher finished wrapping. I think it did. Yeah. So, so we'll have that maybe soon. Yeah. Probably not till next summer, but we will see. Uh, but yeah, that's the start of our Star Wars coverage. We'll be back with more next week. Oh yeah. Uh, join us then, and may the force be with you. Oh yeah. <laughs>